In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Lord delivers some bad news to the disciples in this morning's gospel, or at least, at least what seems to them to be very bad news. And he doesn't just deliver some bad news to the disciples, but he delivers bad news, and then he seems to dwell on it. Indeed, the phrase, a little while, and you will see me no longer, and again, a little while, and you will see me, is repeated in these few verses three times. Why? Why dwell on something that is so difficult to hear? Jesus is teaching the disciples that soon he will ascend to his Father, that he will not be with them in the manner in which they have become accustomed to having him. And Jesus shows mercy on the disciples in telling them this difficult thing to hear. It is far easier to bear such a thing if Jesus tells them in advance and then ascends at a later time. The words that they will no longer see Jesus are easier to swallow than Jesus just ascending into heaven without any advanced knowledge for his beloved disciples. Jesus is loving the disciples by telling them what will soon happen, even even if they might consider it to be bad news at the time. Indeed, St. John Chrysostom suggests that our Lord is training the disciples in this exact moment, that he's training his disciples and you and me to be the church militant. The church militant is the church upon this earth before our Lord's second return. The church as it is locked in spiritual warfare here and now. We are not the church triumphant. That is, the saints who have already gone to be with the Lord in heaven. The church triumphant can expect only good things to happen. Good news all the time, safety and feasting and a land flowing with milk and honey. But we are not the church triumphant. We are the church militant. And so were the disciples when our Lord spoke to them the words that we heard in today's gospel. We cannot expect only good things. Indeed, our Lord tells us to expect the opposite, that we should expect bad things as we await his return. We cannot expect safety. Rather, we should expect persecution. We should expect that the world will not want to hear what the church has to say. We cannot expect safety, but persecution. And we shouldn't be surprised when it comes in its many, many forms. We should not expect a land flowing with milk and honey, but we should expect to be finding ourselves in the midst of a spiritual battlefield. 
Indeed, just before today's gospel lesson picks up, our Lord gave a very, very pointed bit of bad news to the disciples and to the church militant. He said, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But all these things they will do on account of my name. And in the gospel, according to St. Matthew, our Lord describes the persecution that he's referring to. He says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts to have you flogged in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my name's sake to bear witness before them and to the Gentiles. Again, not the kind of news that you want to hear. To be the church militant, to be the church in the world in this time, is to expect suffering and persecution? It's hard to sell. I don't think you're ever going to walk into a Christian bookstore and find a t-shirt with that bit of scripture. And why not? Because it doesn't sell. Because we don't want to hear it. And that is precisely why our Lord says it to us and even repeats it several times. But we remain stiff-necked people. We would rather listen to prosperity gospel preachers who tell us that Jesus wants us to have nice things and big bank accounts and comfort and comfort and comfort. But Jesus knows this, and he protects us from chasing after false teachers by telling us the truth, even if it's hard to hear. Now, I know your pastor, and I know that he's faithful. And I know that he will preach the word of God to you, both when it's joyful to hear, which at times it very much is, and also when it's difficult to hear, which at times it is. And to have such a pastor is a great blessing. Pray for him and for his family. The truth can be difficult to hear sometimes, And for that reason, it can be difficult to preach sometimes. But in the end, the truth is all that truly matters. And Jesus knows this. He knows that the things that he was saying would be difficult for his dearly beloved disciples to hear. And so he protects both them and us by plainly speaking the truth in today's gospel, so that we do not follow false teachers, so that we know the truth when we hear it, even if it's something that is hard for us to hear, even if it seems like bad news. The Lord, we must remember, has promised to work all things for our good. Indeed, just after he promises persecution to the church, to the disciples, to you, to me, to all of the church militant. He tells us why in a little while 
and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. He must ascend to the Father 40 days after his blessed resurrection in order that just 10 days later, he might send the Holy Spirit. Just after the promise of persecution, he says, but when the Helper, the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And not only that, but the Holy Spirit even dwells inside of you to comfort and to protect you, to guard you in the one true faith. The Lord has entered into you himself via his Holy Spirit. He has created faith inside of you. And he daily and richly forgives you all of your sins. The Lord has not abandoned us. Rather, he is always with us to the very end of the age. He remains with us through his holy word, which is spiritual bread that nourishes your eternal soul. He remains with us in holy baptism, where he ties us to himself and even to his very own death and resurrection, and in which we live daily. You are baptized children of God. And he remains with us in the blessed sacrament of the altar. Here he gives you his very own body and blood, once sacrificed upon a cross for the forgiveness of all of your sins. We, the church militant, we have everything that we could ever need to withstand the spiritual battle that rages all around us in his word and in his holy sacraments. But our Lord leaves us with one more thing. Yes, he declares to us that the life of the Christian will not be and should not be easy. Indeed, he assures us that the Christian life will be one of suffering and persecution, but he also leaves us with a promise. Our Lord didn't just tell the disciples a little while and you will see me no longer, so bye. Not at all. He said a little while and you will see me no longer and again a little while and you will see me. And with these words, our Lord promises that he will return. We will not be the church militant, enduring persecution and suffering and spiritual warfare forever. No, he will deliver us into eternal life, and we will be the church triumphant. He will return for us. He is with us always, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. And our precious Savior helps us to understand this reality by giving us an analogy. An analogy that is, indeed, most fitting on this day as we celebrate Mother's Day. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, and the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy 
that a human being has been born into the world, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one, no one will take your joy from you. The mothers in this congregation certainly understand this beautiful analogy better than I do. For example, tomorrow, tomorrow is my youngest child, Jonah's birthday. And so my wife, Christine, and I were recently talking about what Jonah was like when he was still a baby. And as we talked, Christine smiled a lot. Remembering Jonah as a little baby filled her with joy. But in everything that she said about him, not once did she mention the pains of childbirth. It's as if this pain is nothing compared to the enormous joy of seeing a new baby enter the world. Likewise, we as the church militant endure the labor pains of this world here and now. But soon, soon our Lord will return and our hearts will rejoice. And so even today, even in the midst of the spiritual battle that rages around us, even now, be at peace. Even in the midst of this suffering, because Jesus has made a promise to you, your sorrow will turn to joy and your heart will rejoice and no one, no one will take that joy from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please rise.